Hey guys, so before you listen to this podcast episode, I just wanted to give you a heads up and say that um, there were a few glitches with the audio, and you're not going to know what I said, and I don't remember what I said, so I can't go back and fix that, so I apologize for not bringing you the best sound quality, but it happens, so enjoy the show. You're listening to Moving Picture, a film podcast. Okay, guys, welcome to the podcast. Um, This is a podcast where I review movies, and so this week I'm going to be reviewing Flight of the Navigator. This is not going to be as long as last week's episode at all, because, like, I'm not, like, a huge fan of Flight of the Navigator or something. I don't have much to say on it, so I would guess, (laughs) I mean, so don't, so that it's going to be a lot shorter, and I also don't have a co-host for this episode, so, um, so yeah, (laughs) so let's just get into it. So one of the things that I have to say about this movie is I really liked the fact, like, just the way that the movie, it was acted well, it was pretty well written, and the CGI for this movie is great, uh, considering that it was 1986. Um, So I'm just going to go ahead and give you an overview of the movie. So... David Freeman is a kid who falls into a ditch whenever he's going to bring his little brother home from a friend's house, and he wakes up, and it's eight years in the future, and um, then he is tested on by NASA scientists, basically, and they determine that... (laughs) I mean, no, they don't determine anything, but he can, like, communicate with computers, and he keeps hearing this strange voice in his head, and so then he finds this pod, like an alien ship that they have at the airbase, and he flies around in it for quite a while, and then he goes home, then he's like, I don't belong here, so he goes back and pass, even though... He has the risk of dying, and, yeah. I just remembered that I forgot to say spoilers, but, yes, this is a very spoiler-heavy podcast. I don't think I'm ever going to have a podcast where I don't have any spoilers. So, if you want to watch this movie (laughs) spoiler-free, then you shouldn't have listened to the last minute and a half of that. Um, okay. So... Whenever the movie starts, you see this flying disc, and you're like, oh, it's a flying saucer, because you know it's an alien movie, and then it lands inside of a dog's mouth, you're like, oh, it's like a frisbee contest, and so, yeah, I thought that that was pretty, I thought that the fact that they keep making things look like what they aren't, like, there's a scene where he's walking through the woods to find his brother, and there's like a water tower, and it's 
gray and has like red lights on it and they're blinking and it doesn't show the bottom of it and so you think it's just like a flying saucer but then it goes around the tree and it's just a water tower um and then so he goes to get his brother from the woods his brother jumps out and scares him he falls in the ditch then he wakes up and it's eight years later he goes home then the people at home are not his family then they call the police on him and then the police bring him to his family and they're just like what how how did this happen how is he eight years younger than he should be then they see that like he's traveled with light speed and so he doesn't he he didn't age while he was traveling at light speed because I mean no he didn't he didn't not age but he went into the future because he went so fast that he traveled into the future or something wrong along those lines the science of this movie was pretty weird because yeah I'll get into that later um so after the police come he they like bring him to the hospital to see what's wrong with him and they're like running all kinds of tests on him then his his little brother comes in except he's 16 now and i like the the dialogue between them was like probably the best in the movie because it was like still you could tell that it's his older brother but he's older than him still it's really weird but anyway yeah so another thing is that his parents don't question the fact at first that he looks a whole bunch younger so I just thought that was kind of interesting um so there's also this alien vessel that it shows that crashed down into some power lines and it's just floating there. So then they bring it to a NASA base, and the security for NASA is very lax in this movie. Like, I don't understand why people aren't doing their jobs. It doesn't really make sense. There's only, like, a few security people around it and stuff, and so they bring it to this hangar, and they're, like, running all kinds of tests on it and stuff. I don't really know about trying to get it open, but, yeah. Then, after that, they bring him to the NASA base after he says that he wants to find out what happened. And so they're, like, running tests on him. And they stick this thing on his head or something. And then he's, like, answering them. But it's not him answering. It's his brain. They're just like, what's the... Because, like, he had said some weird stuff earlier. And so then they're trying to figure out what it was. So they're just like, what is Planet Phalon? And so he's just like, I don't know, I don't know. Then the computer turns on, and it's, like, showing all this... It's, like, showing this huge galactic map, and then it brings it to this planet that they don't have maps of. And then after that... He's just, he runs, he like jumps out of the chair and runs away back to his room. And there's like this 
a team named, hang on, I gotta look real quick, named Carolyn McAdams. She's supposed to be, like, a nurse, I guess. I don't really understand what she does because, I mean, I guess she just brings him stuff. So I don't know what that would be called. But anyway, yeah. And she has, like, a male robot, like, meaning that it brings mail around. And so he's he wakes up the next morning, and he hears this voice, and it's like, help me, help me. And then he, like, looks out the window, and he's like, are you in that hangar? And then the voice is like, yeah, come help me. <laughs> and then the robot comes in, and he, like puts a curtain in front of the window so that the people watching him can't see him. And then he jumps into the robot, which I don't understand why it was empty. Like, what what happened to all the mail? There were a lot of things in this movie that I think can be overlooked. The movie, like, the main goal of the movie, and also this is a kid's movie, if you can't tell. Um, but anyway, so after... I mean, after he jumps in the robot, then he goes out the door, and I don't understand either why the guards didn't even realize that he was gone until a while later. And so he's, like, going all the way across the parking lot to the hangar, then there's this dog that's, like, barking at it, and the guy who tends to the dog, the keeper, the dog's keeper, I think that's what it's called, I don't know, though. Um, but anyway, the dog's keeper is, is like barking at it, and then he's just like, what's wrong with you, dog? Like, listen to the animal, man. It's smarter than you. Um, but then it just keeps going, and they let it into, like, this radioactive place, and they have to put in a passcode for it. I was like, why do they need mail in there? This might have not... Like, I don't, I don't actually remember whether or not it's a male robot, but I'm pretty sure that's what they said. So it was, like, really confusing why it would even be in there, but. And so then he just goes into this radioactive chamber, and you don't even have to, like, it's not sealed, so I don't, it's not actually radioactive. Because if it was, then I doubt that they would have that there. I'm pretty sure, I think that they must have just said that to make people stay away or something I don't know and then he walks through the gate and the ship opens and he walks in he's just like whoa what is this and then there's like an orb over there like in the front of the ship it's like a very small ship and then I think he goes and touches it um and then it's just like Navigator, navigate me out of here. Blah, blah, blah. I need your star map to get back all these alien specimens. All the while, the door is down. Then all these people see him like he'd been in there for minutes. And the guy looks at the monitor. He's like, oh, my goodness, we haven't been paying attention. And then, like, they call all the security people in there. And they all have, like, guns pointed at it. And the guy who's, like, kind of his... He's like the doctor at NASA, I guess. He's just like, come on out of there, David. We don't want you to get hurt. 
And he was just like, no, or something like that. And then he, he's like, get me out of here. I don't want to be here anymore. Or something along those lines. Then the ship drives out <laughs> of the hangar. Then it goes, he's like, take me 20 miles away from here. And then it just goes straight up into the air, 20 miles high. So it's like in either in the upper atmosphere or in outer space. I'm not quite sure. Then he's just like, no, this isn't what I meant. Bring me back down. And then he brings him back down to the exact same spot. And then he's like, 20 miles forward or something like that. And then they're just like in a field and there's cows everywhere. It's just like, I had to pee. And so the thing's like, what does that mean? And so he gets out and uses the bathroom and gets back in. There's like helicopters everywhere. Then they just go super fast and the guy's like, can't you follow him? He's like, follow him? I don't even see him. Because it was gone. This movie's kind of, I feel like it was kind of cheesy sometimes. But like I said, you know, it's a kid's movie. But, like, the robot's sole purpose in this movie was to get the kid out, as far as I can tell. Like, it didn't do anything else. Like, it, it's just not, like, most movies that have a robot in it. Okay, now. So, the, like, the robot orb thing, it's like an arm, and it sticks around the ceiling and the floor and everywhere around. And it talks weird, um... And he's basically, they end up in the ocean or something. And it's like, what is your mission, robot? He's just like, I'm supposed to collect alien specimens from all the planets and study them. Blah, blah, blah. Then he, like, shows him this chamber full of aliens. And he's just, like, bending down close to them. One of them eats his hat off. He's like, be careful, David. They're hungry. That could have been your head. Uh, the robot, like, seriously. Um. So after that, <laughs> I keep saying after that, but after that, he's just, like, looking at all the different creatures, and he sees this one that looks kind of like a chipmunk, but creepier. And then he's like, Oh, watch this little guy, it's so cute. Just scratching it and petting it, and he's just like, Oh, that one's not harmful. You can hold it. Just keep it calm. And then he's holding it and stuff, and he's piloting the ship. Well, the computer thing scans his brain, and then it like gets all this human information, so it starts acting weird. Cause it like apparently got glitched when it hit the power line or something like that. It's really unrealistic, but you know. Then oh, I'm getting tired of this. Not like. I'm physically tired, but this is just boring right now. I don't know why, but it is. But anyway, so then after that, it's just like... He's piloting the ship, and... Yeah, they go to Tokyo, they go all the way around the world, and it's just like... Then he stops at this gas station in Florida... I think yeah, it was in Florida, but it was, I don't think it was anywhere near Fort Lauderdale. Um, 
Then this guy just like looking at him like, what? And he just gives him some change so he can go make a phone call. He's like, hey, mister, can I have some change? And then he's just, the guy's just staring at the flying saucer the whole time, just like mouth opened and he gives him some change. That wasn't really funny. The funny part was like whenever this random family came up, he's just and then the kids are just like, "Hey, Dad, can we play on the flying saucer?" He's like, "Sure, kids, go ahead." And so they're just like looking in it and stuff. And then he's just like, "It's a nice flying saucer you got there to the guy or something." And then meanwhile, David, the kid, is calling his sixteen-year-old brother, who's his younger brother, on the phone. And he's like, hey, I need you to send me a signal so I can see you. I don't know where you guys, where the new house is. And so. His brother's just like, oh, I know I can do this, David. I'll, I'll, I promise there will be a signal. Something like that. <laughs> just kind of cheesy at this point. Um, but. So that's what he does, and it's nighttime by the time they get there, and then the guy's just like, he has a bunch of fireworks from whenever it was like eight years ago or something, and he sticks them up on the roof, and he's shooting them. He's terrible at shooting fireworks, by the way. Then he shoots one up, and it goes super high, and it's just like a huge explosion, and it's so unrealistic because it's just like a tiny thing. And then the other ones that he shot, and they just went off to the side. They did not have huge explosions, huge explosions like that. Just like, really Disney? Like it was such a Disney moment. <laughs> did it great? Um, I think there actually was a Mickey Mouse reference in here. This is a Disney movie, by the way. Um, but anyway. So then he's like getting out of the spaceship, and there's a bunch of police cars and everything. He's just like. He's just, and then the thing is like, are you, he's like, to the computer, he's like, are you sure we can't go back in time? And it's like, it's possible, but it's very, very dangerous, and it's very unlikely that your human form could survive it. And then he's, he like gets out of the spaceship, and he's like, looking at everybody, he's like, I don't belong here. I'm sorry, but I don't belong here. Then he like gets back in the spaceship, and then he's like, Bring me back in time. And then the spaceship is like, But you could be vaporized. It's just like, That's the risk I'm going to have to take. And then they shoot back in time. Looks like the speed force in there. Lightning everywhere. They're going light speed, you know. Very speed force-ish. Then like a, the wormhole opens up. That's whenever they're in there. So that's just what I meant. And it's even weirder because the speed force you like get in there through a wormhole or whatever. Um, but anyway, and so then he wakes up and he's in the ditch again. And then he gets up and he goes home. And he he sees his family in a, in a boat and his little brother's young again. He's just like runs and gets in the sh in the boat and he's like looking at everybody kind of funny and they're just like what happened David he's just like I love you all of you even you hang on I gotta look at what his brother's name is
Okay. Even you, Jeff. Or something like that. And then, like, the alien creature pops its head out of its backpack and just, like, sticks it back in the head. like, shh, to his brother because his parents don't see or something like that. And so now we have the pet alien. Now, let's get into the complaints about this movie. Well, actually, no. Let me say what's good about this movie first. So what's good about this movie? There was great acting. Um... It was a pretty good story. There was a great CGI, considering it was the 80s. <laughs> Didn't like the puppets. Well, that's negative. I'm sorry. The dog was great. His dog, the kid's dog. I forgot to mention that, didn't I? Anyway, the kid's dog is like a frisbee dog, too. And that was why they were at the competition. Um... Yeah, I liked the story. It's a very well-made movie. Now to the complaints. The main complaint that I have about this movie is the fact that it involves time travel. Now, time travel is not possible as far as we know so far, as far as modern technology has advanced. Time travel is not possible. But whenever there's an alien ship come that comes back, and they say it can travel at light speed, you don't know what's going to happen. So so one of the things that I really liked about this is the fact that they make it say that like light speed makes you go into the future. I feel like it would be the past, though. I think that's what Einstein's theory is or something like that, something along those lines. It has to do with time travel. Anyway, whenever I watch a movie with time travel or hear anything about time travel, I'm just like, hey, I don't want to do this. Um, but anyway, so the kid falls down the ditch. The alien picks him up. Then he shoots to the planet, and it of time if inside the spaceship. Whenever they they go back and forth for Earth, it's eight years. So eight years have gone by, and so it's in the future. And so, once he goes back to the past, the future did not happen. So he can't remember the future because it's not going to happen because he went back in time. And so he changed the future. So it's like, kind of like, whatever, I don't remember what movie. (laughs) The future is never, oh yeah, that's Back to the Future, isn't it? Anyway, the future is never set in stone or something like that. So he changed the future by going back to the past, but he would have forgotten about it because he couldn't, he can't, like, I, see, even now I'm having doubts about this from my theory now. Like, this is not, this does not make sense. I'm just, movies with time travel. (laughs) They're they're they can be good movies with time travel. It's just that they get very very frustrating because there's so much science involved, and some of the science is wrong. I mean, some of the science is wrong. Some of the science is right. Some of the science is just like I don't even know what's going on here. So anyway, yeah. Um, 
One of the things that I was kind of disappointed with in this movie is like that it never shows Phalon, but I think that was one of the things that is like different about this movie. It's like not him going to an alien planet, but it's aliens coming to him and he never goes back. He's all, he always stays on Earth or very close to Earth at least. Um, but I think that worked well with this movie. So as far as my actual rating for this movie, I'm going to say that I would rate this a 7 out of 10 just because of all the factors that I mentioned in the entire review. So, well, that about wraps it up. So, I hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode. And I just wanted to say that if you notice on um, whatever platform you're listening to, it will say that the po- first episode of the podcast was uploaded on April fourth and the reason why that is is because um it was I uploaded it on a Monday originally but then um I accidentally took it down <laughs> and so I had to I have to wait now in order to upload this episode two weeks after that Thursday. So it's still gonna come out every other Monday besides that, but I can't really go back and reset the past or whatever. Uh-huh. going back in time well anyway thanks for listening guys I hope you enjoyed today's show be sure to come back every other Monday for ratings on movies you love thanks for listening